It's really hard for me to rely on other people's. Do you find this to be true for you? It's really hard for you to ask for things, right? When, you, when you've got a project that you're, you want to make some progress on and you know it's bigger than, than you and it's beyond your capabilities and you should probably ask for some help, don't you just hate doing that, right? We don't, we don't even want to borrow tools, Right? Just, I'm just going to buy it myself rather than take on the shame and the embarrassment of having to ask for a tool that I don't have if I could just borrow it. We don't want to ask for recipes. We don't ask for skills. Right? Can you show me how to do this? Really? Right? You know, and there's a whole website now of um, let me Google that for you. It'll, re- it'll record somebody Googling something and then you can send it to them you know, to answer their question. Like, just take care of it yourself. Just figure it out yourself. And the whole modern world, the whole social mechanism that we are embedded in is all designed to create uh, uh, independence from God, to facilitate us not being dependent on, on God and on other people. Because what I've found is that my, my independent spirit, my sense of pride or my fear of shame or whatever it is that's going on when I don't want to call somebody to ask for help and I don't want to say, hey, can I borrow that tool? That, can, I, can I learn this skill from you in this context? That, that that same thing in me does not go away when I start thinking about my relationship with God. Like, I don't want to ask you for help. I also don't want to ask God for help. I don't rely on anyone, right? I just want to do it myself right we want to just do it ourself and it's so hard to ask for help it's so hard to rely on other people and yet because of our pride and because of our fear whatever that little cocktail is right how many projects are we not getting to how many how many accomplishments are we not seeing come about because we're We're staying within ourselves. And this is what God wants to free us from with Isaiah 30, verse 15. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and trust shall be your strength. Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and trust shall be your strength. And the first thing we see here is that some things require God's salvation. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. Right? We need God's salvation. Some things require God's salvation. There are just some things going on in the world, in your life, that no plan that you come up with and no action that you take is going to be able to adequately address. Right? There are just some things in your life that are just too big. How do, how do I even start on this thing? They're just too complex. Or they're just too human. Right? It's just humans can't figure this thing out or they're too deeply personal. Do you have some of these sort of things? Too big, too complex, too human, too deeply personal that you just don't know how to... You ever try to like grab one of those big, giant, inflatable balls? Right? How do I get my... I just can't access it. I can kick it around, but I can't get it off the ground. I can't grab it. It's just too much for me. I can't see it. I can't grab it. It's just... Too much. Well, listen to Isaiah 30, 15. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. God wants to save you. He is inviting us into his salvation. 
In returning and rest, we shall be saved. In returning. Returning. What does that imply? It implies that we've kind of gone away, gone astray. We've left God and His way. Right? Why did we do? How did we do this? Here's my experience. That when I become really confident in my plans, my abilities, right? I become really confident in what I am sure that I know and the plan that I have and my ability to carry this thing out. What happens is that I... I'm carried away by that. I'm carried away from God by my confidence in myself. This is what is happening to Israel in this passage. If you want to look up at verse 9, Isaiah 30, verse 9, it says, They are a rebellious people, lying children, children unwilling to hear the instruction of the Lord. In verse 11, it says that they've left the way, they've turned aside from the path, and they're saying, Let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. I've got this. Let me do it. I'm going to do it myself. But I don't know about you, but at least my experience of this is that if I don't let go of my, my plan and my uh, sense of my ability, and I don't return to the Lord, what happens is that my problem, that big problem, just got bigger. It just gets bigger and bigger. This is what is going to happen to Israel if they don't return to the Lord and rest in Him. Look at verses 16 and 17 here. So right after the Lord, the Holy One invites them to return and to rest and be saved. But you say, verse 16, no, we're going to flee on horses, therefore you're going to flee away. And and we're going to ride upon swift steeds. We've got got all these horses, we've got all these swift steeds, we're going to get away, we're going to be fine. The Lord says, therefore your pursuers shall be swift and a thousand shall flee at the threat of one. A thousand of you shall flee at the threat of one of them. Your problem just got a lot bigger. So the very first thing that the Lord wants to say to us is first, don't go your own way. Let's walk together. Let's walk together. Let's stick together in this. And so for that to happen, the first thing that we have to do is come back to him to return. Which is a very... uh, very important point. That what, what does God want from you? I think a lot of times throughout my life, yesterday, I think God wants from me my intelligence, my abilities, my plan. God presents me with a problem. I say, okay, God, don't worry. I got this one. Watch, watch this. And I pull out my big yellow pad and I, ooh, and I got it and I get it all done. It's just, Right? And I've wandered away from the Lord. What does God want from us? He doesn't want our intelligence, our abilities, our good plans, our our knowledge. He wants us to see Him. What God wants from us is our attention. He wants our attention. He wants us to let Him work and us to see. He wants to be our Savior and us to see Him as our Savior so that why? So that He gets praised for saving. He wants our attention and not any of the other things that we think we bring to the table in this relationship. He wants our attention. So He calls us, He invites us to return to Him and to rest. Jumped the gun on that one. We're here to return and to rest. Now, wouldn't you like rest? Right? How many of us raise the hand of your heart would just love a couple days away, right? Just, 
which is good. I hope you get that. But that's not what this is talking about. <laughs> This, this rest is not the rest that you get after you've finished all of the things on your list. I love that rest, right? I love knowing what my big rocks are for the day and what's on my punch list and then busting through it and then coming to where, hey, I got, I'm all done. I'm all done, man. I'm going to go float in the pool for a little bit. I'm, I'm done. I've, I can rest now. That's not what this is. That's not, what, that's not really what we need either because how many days out of 100 do you finish everything on your list? Zero. What this rest is, is allowing what needs to be done to happen without your participation. Right? So if you think relying on somebody for help is hard, resting and letting it be done without your participation, that's crazy. Right? We got Thanksgiving coming up here. Right? Imagine that you're hosting Thanksgiving. You've got all the, but, it's, but you just plan too many things. Right? You're going to have every conceivable kind of meat and every conceivable kind of potato, every conceivable kind of side dish, and you've just got too much. And everybody comes over, and what do they say? Well, can we help? But this time they say, we're only going to help if you go sit on that chair in the middle of the living room. And <laughs> you can't do anything. You, it, would just, it would be like dying, right? It would just be death. I can't, I can't do this. This is the rest that this is talking about. Life has presented you with a problem that you can't face. Situations have come about that are too big for you. You don't need help. You need salvation. You need to go sit down. You need to let it be done for you. We need to let yourself be served. Let the situation be handled. You know, I feel like my whole life is so often in relationship to God, the relationship of a drowning swimmer to a lifeguard. Who's right? So the drowning swimmer is thrashing around, creating a great risk to the lifeguard, right? The lifeguard's trying to get me to safety. I'm thrashing around. I'm trying to cling to the, to the lifeguard. And, and all of that is me addressing my problem, right? I've got this great problem and I'm addressing my problem and I'm preventing my salvation. I'm preventing my rescue. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. So we sing, we sing, it is finished, he has done it, let your weary soul rejoice. It is finished, you shall be saved. What is it that, that the salvation is referring to? Of course, we know the fullness of it now that has been revealed in what Jesus, in who Jesus is and what he did for us. It's our our forgiveness of our sins, it's our justification before God, it's our peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, it's the hope of eternal life, it's the presence of the Spirit in our lives today, it's all of these things and so much more. But I think it's instructive to think about just in this context, what was Israel hoping to be saved from? When, when Isaiah said, you shall be saved, what, what was that for them? And it was, they wanted to be saved from Assyria, as we've talked about. Assyria was the big bad thing for them. Because Assyria, what did Assyria mean for Judah, for God's people? Assyria meant death and shame. Some of them were going to be killed, and those who weren't killed were going to be embarrassed on the world stage by Assyria. They and their God were going to be embarrassed. Death and shame. The same thing that we just actually sang about in one of our songs from 1 Corinthians 15.55. Oh grave, where is your sting? Death has a sting. There's this fear of death. And, and oh was it, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Right? The grave holds over us this sense of defeat. Do you feel that as you get older? What is my life? 
Right? As, you, as we get closer to the grave, we have a greater and greater sense of like, what did I do? Right? The, the victory of the grave over all that we hoped and thought we were going to try to accomplish. And so, so much of our life is us working to protect ourselves from those fears and to cleanse ourselves of these shames. And so much of what Israel was trying to plan and plot and pull off was to get themselves away from the threat of death of Assyria, that they were going to be smarter than Assyria and they were going to escape and they weren't going to be embarrassed and they weren't going to be ashamed. But we can't, we can't protect ourselves. We can't save ourselves of these things. But of course, God can. This is what this verse is saying. God can and God did. And now those of us who know Jesus Christ and who are in Jesus Christ are saved. We are washed. We are blessed. All through what Jesus did for us. Notice, however, the last little line here in verse 16. Look at this again, or verse 15 again. In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and trust shall be your strength. That sounds great. What's the last phrase say? But you were unwilling. You know, in Isaiah's day and today, God saves. That's not the question. That's not the question. The second thing that we learn from this short verse First, that some things require God's salvation. The other thing is that all things require God's strength. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and trust shall be your strength. All things require God's strength. Our plans, our activity, all the things that we're doing and hoping for and praying for and planning for requires God's strength. He needs to be involved in it. Right, whatever plans that we form or actions we take apart from God, what do they just become? They become more problems. Right? When you address a problem, you need to do it right. Because right? if you don't fix the problem right, what do you now have? You have two problems. Right? You still have the original problem. You still have the original leak. You still have the original crack. But now you've also got your mess that you've just layered on top of it. You've got to address the problem right. And the right way to address every problem is with the Lord's involvement. All things require God's strength. Do you have problems like these in your life? Problems that seem to be growing problems? Just children problems popping out of your pre-existing problems because you went to address that thing by yourself without reference to the Lord. And then, oh, did I say that? I can't believe did I forget to do? I, well, I meant <sighs> problems growing problems. So just as we saw in the first part of the verse, God wants to save us. Also, God wants to give us strength. He wants to give you strength. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. First thing, in quietness. Quietness is not a sort of Zen uh, emptiness. Right, I like the quietness. I, I wish I could get the quietness that, that is uh, quieting my inner anxious me. Right, the me that's worrying. The me that's coming up with, well, this is going to happen, 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 this is going to happen. I wish I could quiet that me. That's not what this is, verse is talking about. This is talking about quieting our inner self-savior. This is talking about quieting the me that's really confident. The me that's got a plan. The me that knows what we should be doing, that has all the facts, and is going to get it done. That's the me that needs to be quieted. Look at verse 10. 
Israel's saying to the seers, do not see, to the prophets, do not prophesy to us what is right. Speak to us smooth things, prophesy illusions. That's the me that needs to be quieted, the me that's full of illusion. I can do this, and I've got the plan. And it needs to be quieted. Why? Right? In quietness. That needs to be quieted so that what I can hear something that I need to hear. In quietness and trust. I need my inner Savior quieted so that I can listen to and I can hear the words of the only Savior there is. In verse 12, it says that the Holy One of Israel says to Israel, because you despised this word and trusted in your oppression and perverseness and rely on them. I need to not despise the word of God. I need to listen to the word of God and hear it. Psalm 119, 28, Strengthen me, O Lord, according to your word. The Lord gives us strength through his word, which is directly compatible with my plans. Because you know what my plans are? My plans are my words trying to give me strength. Whoa, big problem. Hey, David, it's okay. Let's make a plan. My plan is this. All right, now we've got what we need to face that problem. My plans are my words, but they don't work. I need the words of the Lord to take away that anxiety and that weakness and to be strengthened. I need the word of the Lord. So in quietness and trust then shall be your strength. When I listen to the Lord's word, I hear what I need to be able to replace my anxiety with strength. And it's not the Lord saying, hey, David, hey, buddy, you can do it. You can do it. I know you can do it. You've got this. It's me hearing from the Lord who the Lord is. David, I can do this. This is who I am. And I am with you. That's what I need to hear. That gives me strength. If I'm propped up by illusions of my own words and my own ideas, that's not going to work. So this is, I think, a, a situation that all of us are very familiar with. Something comes into our life, some threat, and it's going to ruin our day. It's going to ruin our day, or it's going to ruin our week. It's going to ruin our normal. I think we've all encountered a number of these, these things most recently, whether it's just ruining our day or ruining our normal, ruining our expectation. And so we get anxious about it. We think, oh boy, oh boy, this needs to be handled. And we come up with a plan, and the plan is, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to do it myself. Israel was facing this, right? The threat of Assyria, the anxiety of exile, which involved death and shame. And so their plan was, look at verse 1. A stubborn children declares the Lord who carry out a plan but not mine, who make an alliance but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who set out to go down to Egypt without asking for my direction. This is their plan. They're going to, go, they're going to beat Assyria by just hiding out in Egypt and, and you know, stand atop the parapets and go, meh, and, and then they're going to show Assyria who's, who's smarter. And they do this. They do it. They go down to Egypt, and Assyria comes down and destroys Egypt and carries all the Judite exiles off and away. It's recorded in Jeremiah 43. So what is the thing for you and me today? What is the threat? What is the anxiety? What is the thing that we are being tempted to address in our own intelligence, and in our own strength? And the question of this verse is for us, is the Lord in it? Is the Lord in it with you? Is the Lord in it? 
Or are we just doing it ourselves? You know, the problem is not, the problem is not with planning. My Proverbs 21.5 says, the plans of the diligent lead to abundance. Planning is good. And the problem is not with taking action. The problem is that some things require God's salvation and that all things require God's strength. Look with me one last time here in Isaiah 30, at the very end of our passage, verse 18. What does that say? It says, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. The Lord waits to be gracious to you. And now look at the last line in that verse. Blessed are all those who wait for him. The Lord is waiting for us to wait for him. The Lord is waiting for us to wait for him. God wants to save us. And for that to happen, we need to stop trying to save ourselves. We need to return to rest in what God has done. Now, this might sound like a kind of a gospel message, but it's a gospel message given to people that already know the gospel. Right? The people that Isaiah is writing this to already know of God's covenant love. They already know of the hope and the promises of Israel. Just like in the story of the Galatians and Paul's letter to them, they already knew all about Jesus. They already knew of his forgiveness and, and how he defeated death and, and washed them of their shame. They already knew all this, and, but what happened? See, we know that we are saved by grace, by Jesus and all that he did. We know that our shame and our fear have been dealt with by him. And right, and did Jesus do a good job? Come on, did Jesus do a good job? No, come on, he did a good job, I think, right? We sing and clap, for, he did it, right? But then what happens in your life now when fear or shame rise up? Hang on, Jesus, I got it. Did he, do, did he do the job? Right? Did he do the job or did he not do the job? We need to return to him and rest in what he's did. It's an extremely challenging call. It's extremely challenging, but I'll tell you what, you will not know the sweetness of the gospel until you just lay on the couch and let him vacuum without you moving. <laughs> that is when you know the gospel is sweet and when you believe it. When you let what needs to be done be done. And the second big thing in this verse is that God wants to give us strength. God wants to give us his strength, and so we need to let his words lead us. We're going to be strengthened from his words, and so we need to quiet our plans and trust in him. You know this proverb, probably some of you have this tattooed somewhere on you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In very plain speak, sit down, return, sit down and stop talking. Sit down and stop talking before Jesus, right? Because it's, it's fine. We, we, we need to sit down so that we can see him. And we need to stop talking so that we can hear him. Because if we won't rest, we won't get to worship. If we won't rest, we don't get to worship. Because, because we're doing it. Because we're doing all our stuff. Listen... One of the, I think, the biggest stumbling blocks to receiving this for me is the idea that God wants to be my Savior and He wants to give me strength. 
Do you believe that? Do you believe that he wants to be your savior and he wants to give you strength? Right? He is not bothered or annoyed with you? You need help with that again? Okay. Do you believe that God is not, he is not frustrated or disappointed with you? But didn't I just, it's fine. That is not how God handles us. He is, what is this verse saying? He's delighted. He is delighted when we turn to him and when we return to him. He's delighted. That's why we have this word. It's the Father calling us back to this. This is why we have Jesus. It's it's God coming and saying, return to me, turn to me. And why we have the Spirit. God, all three persons, delight in this. So let me just give you some very practical counsel on how to implement this because we can't lay on the couch all day. I've tried. It's not... It doesn't work. <laughs> plan. Make plans. Plan. But in your plans, pray. Take action. Act. It's good. Be people of action. But when you act, act humbly. Don't act hoping in yourself. Don't act hoping in your plan. Don't act hoping in your ability. Act and hope in God. And then after you've acted, rest in the Lord. Right? So often what happens when I get done doing a thing, I go, oh, <laughs> I hope it was okay. <laughs> oh, you forgot that thing. You know, like, where did the bolts come from? Like, <laughs> rest in God. Trust in the Lord's will. Trust in his heart. <clears throat> I was listening to a conversation a couple weeks ago, a podcast, and uh, one of the one of the pastors in the conversation said, uh, made reference to Matthew 22, verse 29, which says, Jesus is criticizing the Pharisees, and he says, you are in error because you do not know the Scriptures and you do not know the power of God. You do not know the Scriptures and you do not know the power of God. Listen, you know the Scriptures pretty well. Do you know the power of God as well as you know the scriptures? And I, I heard that it just, oh, just, just cut me to the quick. I thought, you know, I want, I want more stories of what I see God do. I want more stories. I want more stories, right? God's, he's always breaking through the dark, right? I want to see That's what he's doing. What am I doing? But am I watching? Am I watching or am I working? Am I planning or am I praying? And of course, these are not truly opposite things, right? But they tend to be for me. Because I love to work. I love to plan. I'm not great at watching and praying. It's hard to rely on other people. It's even hard to rely on God. But there's a lot of joy out there for us. 
A lot of joy out there for us in God if we can receive this invitation and this good news. If we can return to Him and rest, if we will be quiet and trust Him. So let's pray, and then we'll sing, and Tony will close our service. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this this startling invitation. So often we get kind of sucked into a mindset that feels like we've got to work for you, we've got to perform for you, we've got our whole relationship is based on us serving you, when it's so much the opposite. That you want to save us, you want to give us your strength, you want us to see you. You want to show off for us so we can know that we're not alone, we can know that there's a God in heaven who hears and answers prayer so we can know the great power that is at work in our lives and at work in this world. And so you invite us to be quiet and trust you, to return to you and to rest so that we can see you. Lord, we want to be a people who knows our scriptures, but also who knows the power of God. And so, Lord, would you work in us to make us a praying people, a waiting waiting and watching people. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.